Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. He went on to say something about breastfeeding, which I would say to Tucker Carlson, don't knock it till you try it. But what are these attacks about? This is from a side of the aisle that used to claim the mantle of being pro-family. I don't want my kids to be at risk. So, you know, the consequences of you not being vaccinated is I'm not going to shut the up. I'm going to be in your mother ear driving you mother crazy. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer, not more, fewer. This is the problem in America! This is the problem! This white Karen! You know what my measure is? People who tell me they care about people and then disrespect a waitress or a waiter. Now, that... Hello, hello. Is that me? Am I sounding okay? I don't... I'm not hearing you. not sounding me at all. Check one, two, check... Oh! I was muted. Okay. Wow, that is really <laughs> impressive. Should we leave? I'm leaving that in my I'm, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got to, we're moving here. We're, we got a time constraint because Alice has today's day one of Alice's. Speaking of Chris Dodd and. It's sort of a trial more than day oh, one. Oh, right. I could more, fail out. Alice, mm-hmm. semantics. So Alice is, this is her first day as St. Pauli girl in a couple of hours mm-hmm. where hopefully you won't get the same treatment. Unbelievably, what you just heard there was Joe Biden. Uh, commenting on the character of Chris Dodd, who is uh, a Cretan and always has been, and saying that the parameter of a good person is how they treat the wait staff. They hmm. help. Now, um, I like that as a parameter. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, now, of course, we're a wait staff family with St. Pauli Alice. <sighs> um, I believe I'm working more in the kitchen. Will you of be wearing a sexy about. German uniform like no. St. Pauli? Yes, no. you will. Can you bring it home? There's no like uniform. So I'm not wait staff. I'm working in the Alice, kitchen Alice, of are, a uh, no. food service establishment. You are wearing an inappropriately no, busty mm-hmm. uniform. Okay. So you're um so this is what Biden said unbelievably. And those of you guys who are older, 
know um, know about this. Famously, in the 80s, there was a waitress sandwich, they called it, where Chris Dodd and Ted Kennedy, it became kind of a running joke what they did at a brasserie restaurant in D.C., mm-hmm. but really it was a, a pretty damn vicious assault. Um, well, for senators, anyway. Well, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, this is what Biden said uh, over the weekend at UConn. I saw up close how he fought for human rights and human dignity in the Senate. Do you know my measure... Madam Ambassador, Ambassador Kennedy, you know what my measure is? People who tell me they care about people and then disrespect a waitress or a waiter. People who tell me they care about how, in fact, people are entitled to be treated with dignity and walk by someone at a shoeside stand and suddenly say hello. People who do not do the just simply decent things for ordinary people. That's the real measure. I've never seen Chris, figuratively or speaking, walk by anybody. Okay, so the way you treat the wait staff, that shows how you really treat people with your heart. All right, so we'll go back to 1985. Chris Dodd and Teddy Kennedy are in their 40s, and they are tying one on. So this is according to a GQ report, which actually talks about, it takes from Penthouse as well. Um... It is after midnight, and Kennedy and Dodd are just finishing up a long dinner in a private room on the first floor of the restaurant's annex. They are drunk. Their dates, two very young blondes, leave the table to go to the bathroom. The dates are drunk, too. They'd always get their girls very, very drunk, says a former brasserie waitress. Betty Lowe, who served the foursome, also leaves the room. Raymond Campett, the co-owner of La Brasserie, tells... Um, uh, t- tells a waitress named Carla Gaviglio that the senators want to see her. As Gaviglio enters the room, the six foot two, two hundred twenty five plus pound. I'm sorry for my cold breathing into here, by the way. As Gaviglio, I'm the sorry. waitress, sorry, it's just for the listeners. As Gaviglio, the waitress, enters the room, the six foot two, two hundred twenty five plus pound Kennedy grabs a five foot three. 103-pound waitress and throws her on the table. She lands on her back, shattering crystal, plates and cutlery, and the lit candles. Several glasses and a crystal candlestick are broken. Throws her on the table. Kennedy then picks her up from the table and throws her on Dodd, who's sprawled in a, in a chair. Obviously wasted. This is the guy who's who Biden is, uh, is uh, giving testimonial for. Kennedy then picks her up and throws her on Dodd, who's sprawled in the chair. With Gaviglio on Dodd's lap, Kennedy jumps on top and begins rubbing his genital area against hers, supporting his weight on the arms of the chair. As he's doing this, Lowe enters the room. Who was Lowe again? Somebody Uh, else who worked in the restaurant, I think? Yes, she was the main server. Mm -hmm. Lowe enters the room. She and Gaviglio both scream, drawing one or two dishwashers. Startled, Kennedy leaps up. He laughs. Bruised, shaken, and angry over what she considers a sexual assault, Gaviglio runs from the room. What she considers a sexual assault. Dodd, (sighs) Kennedy, and their dates leave shortly thereafter, following a friendly argument between the senators over the check. It's weird how differently that would be written about now, 30 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eyewitnesses, uh, eyewitness Betty Lowe told me, this is the author from GQ in 1990, 
A witness, Betty Lowe, told me that Kennedy had, quote, three or four cocktails in his first half hour at the restaurant in wine with dinner. When she walked into the room after Giglio had gone in, she says, what I saw was Senator Kennedy on top of Carla, who was on top of Senator Dodd's lap, and the tablecloth was sort of slid off the table because the table was knocked over, not completely, but just on Senator Dodd's lap a little bit. And of course, the glasses and the candlesticks were totally spilled and everything. And right when I walked in, Senator um, Kennedy jumped off and he leaped up, composed himself and got up. And Carla jumped up and ran out of the room. Great. Right. Uh, Great people. So that's what we're supposed to use to assess Senator Dodd's character, correct? Right. Dodd, she says, said, it's not my fault. Kennedy said something similar and joking and added jokingly, makes you wonder about the leaders of this country. (laughs) Wow. So there you go. And that is what is happening right now. And hopefully that is not Alice Shattuck's future. Uh, You know, Alice. I'm going to be working back in the house. You are going to be Alice. Back of the house. Here's the rule. Back of the house. Here's the rule. Mm -hmm. If whether a line cook, dishwasher, or a politician uh, feels you, what is the uh, response to be? Um, try and get evidence to make a big thing out of it. You are to walk calmly to the back of the kitchen mm-hmm. where the chef works and does carving. You are to grab a butcher's knife and you are to slash to death the person who groped you. For it is written, for I have spoken, <laughs> so, it, so it shall be done. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So which, since we're starting off with F and B... That brings us to Hooters, mm-hmm. and um, Hooters now is is implementing new, um, I guess, shorts. They so the girls they're always, calling them shorts. They're all yes, they're these shorts that just show your ass off is what they are. They're essentially thong shorts, right? Uh, not quite, but but just about. They they definitely show your ass off. And Hooters used to be a thing for Hooters was breasts, like a busty thing. Mm-hmm. Up here, none of that stuff really counts. I don't I don't even know the oh, other than doesn't does, is toes connected to Hooters? Her dad used to like Hooters and used oh, to bring right. them as kids. Okay. But he had he was part of a different food service franchise. He owned a different Right. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't really I don't really see the thing with Hooters. Like I don't see the the deal with it. I understand. I like obviously the you idea You like attractive women. Yeah, I like attractive women. I get it. I get it. I just I just think the one up here in North Station, I don't think they quite pulled it off. <laughs> there was some already other bars. Or the one on Rue One. I've never been. But there were some other bars that all had that had kind of the the um, you would call them because you're a show a misogynist. You the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. And when I was coming up, anyway. Um, but uh, but I, I people like it, and, and I'm glad it's there. I think I like the idea that there's an, that there's a place where stupid older guys will over tip young waitresses making money. You know they get to feel pretty. The older guys get to f- have some an organism that's attractive. Communicating with them. Has to interact with them. Right. And they can eat and drink. Maybe it's a great place. But uh, so now they're moving. I don't even know if I have have an opinion on this. I mean, they're wearing tights anyway. It's not as if you're seeing the actual rear end. Right. They usually wear tights under their shorts. Right. Like figure skater thick tights. Exactly. Which is a a good thing and probably unfortunate that it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. But but, um, so now Hooters waitresses are angry. That they're changing it up. Some waitresses are angry, angry mm-hmm. that they're changing it up. I don't know that I have a... I mean, I guess that you've opted into a restaurant where part of the draw is to be objectified. Am I wrong in that? 
No, and they actually, they're, the way that they split up their roles in Hooters restaurants is that they're considered like almost an entertainment role is the way that Hooters has structured this so they don't get in trouble for only hiring hot chicks is it's considered like a modeling gig, basically. It's considered like... Oh, I see. And they're secondarily... um, Yeah, I mean, they are waitstaff too. That's part of the job. But um, the idea is that, you know, that you're not just it's not like a normal waitressing job they've explicitly made it part of the way that the job works is your looks and it's considered um i forgot what they said it's like a non because they told the girls that if you're not happy with the shorts you can move to a non whatever role right a non uh i forget what it's called i'll look it up but anyway so the there are girls that are upset i i'm guessing probably a majority because you do sign up to be a hot chick who serves food, but you don't necessarily sign up to show your whole butt, even in mm-hmm. tights, you know, like that's, that's a step above. And, you know, I, I don't know, but I tend to think that they're doing it specifically to court this controversy. Do you remember like a few years back, there was a big controversy because they had some executive court, controversy. With, do, do you remember? <clears throat> because there was like some executive that was telling the girls to think about like, uh, giving BJ's on the side or whatever <laughs> as like part of the brand image of the stores. And like, Wait a second. He literally... No, she. she. It was a woman executive who was like telling the girls, like, you should uh, think girl- about it. Like, maybe <laughs> if you like have to give a BJ on the side or Telling whatever, girls like, at Hooters? Yeah. Like the wait staff, like that they should think about that. That, that was like part you know, of the brand image and they should go for it. But- even, even that being a story that's out there, Mm-hmm. is incredibly strong marketing for men well, to men. Well, yeah, but that's like what I think. Like, And so I think that they're really like, so now the reason we all know about the shorts and the reason why it's a controversy is because a bunch of them are on TikTok. Like one of the girls who's complaining about mm-hmm. it on TikTok is called like Flat Hooters Girl on TikTok. And part of her TikTok is that she like shows how to use makeup on your cleavage to make it look like it's more than it is. You oh, know? I see. That's smart. You know, so, but they're like... Part of the symbiosis between the Hooters girls creating their own brands on social media and getting themselves followers and the Hooters brand is this weird relationship where like they're playing off the fact that they're Hooters girls and Hooters is playing off the fact that they're on social media marketing the brand for Hooters without them having to do anything. Right. So like there is this like weird relationship here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think like they put out these shorts, they issue an ultimatum that got leaked immediately to the press that's like, you know, you need to be in a non-customer facing role if you don't want to wear the new shorts, which completely show off your entire butt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the girls go on social media and complain about it. You and I were not going to go to Hooters this week. Like, there's no way. But now I bet there's people thinking about going to Hooters to see the new shorts, right? Because they've now heard about it and it's a thing because all the Hooters girls are on social media complaining about the new shorts. So it's creating, like, even if now they back off and say, like, oh, never mind, we'll go back to the other shorts, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Hooters is now in a bunch of people's mouths and minds and thoughts that it wasn't last week, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Thinking about it, it is smart mm-hmm. because you know the draw for the for the for the draw for. So if you've got the waitress, a big busty waitress, okay, and she is, she is, um, 
she's serving your table if you're guys. Mm-hmm. Of course, the 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 winner is that she's um the she is. <clears throat> Anson, what do you need? He wants my phone, but I don't know where I put it. We don't know, Anson. It's maybe downstairs somewhere. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Hun. Okay. Sorry. The draw is for if you're guys, Alice. If you're out to a business lunch or something. Mm-hmm. You okay? Yeah, sorry. I pulled That's up right. the article and it's playing stuff. That's right. So the the, the draw is for guys, Alice. I need you to connect. For yes, me, I'm so. connecting. The draw for guys. Is what? If you're at the table and the girl is serving you, what is the, the draw? Um, anatomically? she's attractive. Well, she's attractive, but also... Chest? Chest, exactly. And cleavage and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the people who are getting served, those... <coughs> those... Um, you know, pigs can enjoy point blank cleavage, right? Right. Which is a win. And then, and, but now, since she's bending over the table, now the rest of the restaurant in eyeshot gets to, gets to enjoy the, uh, <clears throat> a non-image based position. That's what the company called it. Well, so those you are know, are you listening to me? Positions. I am listening. So they've so doubled the their the value rest- in a sense. So right. now the restaurant gets to see the apple Shaped or what is it? What are women? Apple bottom jeans. Oh yeah, like, but what are women's rear ends? Are they pairs? Whatever they are. What what's the? You, is it apple? I have no clue. What I don't know. It gets to see her rear end in essentially. Okay. So now you've doubled your exposure value. Right. Right. Yeah, you're showing off more of your image based right. employees. Right. So now you've got right. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe in 2021 a company is actually doing this and getting away with it. Well. I mean, so I think it's interesting, like, because I, like I say, like, I think they're doing the whole thing for attention, even if they end up backing off the actual new uniform. But, um, I mean, all the chains that are in that sort of category, what's called fast casual in restaurants, I mean, like Applebee's and Mm -hmm. Ruby Tuesday, they have all struggled really badly in recent years. I mean, before the pandemic, before all that, that category of restaurant has had a really hard time I can't imagine out. that Hooters could do anything with curbside pickup. Who would ever order <laughs> the, the curbside pickup? It's well, just yeah. exposing all those guys I mean, saying the chicken fingers are good as liars. Well, right. I mean, I think that hurts them anyway. But even pre-pandemic and pre-curbside like curbside pickup being a big thing, like mm-hmm. that sort of category of restaurants was having a really hard time because it's like, why does that exist? Like, why would you go to Chili's when there's, you know, good restaurants and there's cheap stuff that's pretty good. You know, that that's sort of like middle of the road, like the 99. It's even though hospitality has done really well and food and beverage has done really well, um, you know, during the boom times before the pandemic, like th- that that particular segment of the industry has really struggled. So. It, and it's sort of like, you wonder, like, what's its reason to be, you know? Mm. Like, why would you go to an Applebee's or a Chili's? Like, what's the point of it compared to, like, other restaurants that are out there? I, don't, I mean, we would go because it's fairly inexpensive and we've got a crazy bunch of mm, kids with but us. We, no, but I don't know that we've ever been to an Applebee's together. I know when we went to a Ruby Tuesday's, it was weird and felt like one of those, like, abandoned America videos. <laughs> It seemed like it was like out of the past, weirdly. You know, oh, we did go to an Applebee's one time in our whole relationship, and your shrimp was undercooked. Yeah, it was just not cooked. I mean, it it does, it takes a tough, it's tough for me to not eat something. But, But, um, but yeah, like that, that whole like 
segment is sort of in a weird place because we tend to go to more like independent places. You know, we'll go to, you know, a tavern. We'll go to even like a British beer company. We'll go to a Buffalo Wild Wings. But like there's sort of the land of forgotten restaurants. Hmm. That's too bad because I really like those. And I well, used we to ha- love them. When but you were- don't go to them. You, well, what, we've never been to a 99. Well, no, I took the kids last year. In 99, I think I, I would put it as a more unique experience. It doesn't for a lot of you guys who aren't in New York, New England. You don't, you don't know them, but they're a local. They're a local. Uh, you know, uh, run out of. Uh, I think I went to high school with the oh, I didn't founder's daughter. Know. Yeah, um, Amy Doe, right? Is she ninety nine? You guys will know. <coughs> Profoundly beautiful, Alice, as so many of the Winchester uh, women were. Um, all right, so so. I guess they're trying to do something. I'm all. I'm. I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine with it. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know, like, I, other than, all right, so that, that moves us to this new flap, and then we're going to get to politics in a second, but there's, there's also this thing blowing up on, did we resolve this last topic, or no? Yeah, I feel like we're resolved. We're not I'm glad that, I'm glad places like that shorts. are around. Um, would, that, would that ever work for women? A place with really good looking wait staff? Um, like, where you'd go just for the wait staff? Isn't there a place like that? There's is there a, a guy's place? Well, I mean, like club cafe, but you're no. Not... But there's, I feel like there's something, but I don't really know what it is because I don't, I'm not into that. So, I don't know, but I, I think there's one that has like attractive guys. That's yeah, like but, a thing. But not like, not like Chippendales. I mean, well, no, but women aren't as like visual like that necessarily. Yeah, and plus, actually, I, I would probably uh, assume that if there were a place with great looking guys wall to wall in a restaurant mm-hmm. that most of those guys would absolutely be gay probably yeah all right i mean like abercrombie used to be known for like only employing attractive people right and like when i was in high school like a few more than a few of the guys that worked at abercrombie when we were in high school turned out to be gay later on really yeah what do you know um okay so and that brings us to this last tally whackers. Okay. That's what the place is called. That's the guys. <laughs> what? Where <laughs> is that? In Dallas. Okay. All right. Let's let's turn the page, Alice. Don't objectify people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Except so. for this one last woman who's on Twitter. Can you tell the story of her? Okay. So this we should is tweet this a- out, guys. This will be in the Bar- Burn Barrel Twitter feed, so you guys can this see. This is it. actually. I only came across this because it was on the account of this guy Nick Cho who was yelling at white people for who we're gonna get to we're gonna talk to nick first we're we're gonna do this but anyway so i was on his page for a different topic and i saw him retweet this woman emily sears who i didn't know who she is did you know who she is she's an australian model who's Mm -hmm. based in la she's a model so she she's obviously a model you can tell from the picture she's a model so and she posted a picture of herself with her dog um it's i i don't know how would you describe the picture of her with the dog she's in a sexy busty Halloween costume, a pumpkin costume, mm-hmm. and the dog is in a doggy version of a little pumpkin, pumpkin suit. Costu- yep. pumpkin suit. And yeah, and so she's, there's a lot showing. Mm-hmm. Her makeup is fully done. It's obviously a professionally done photo. Yes. Her makeup's fully done. Her hair is right. fully done. And um, there's a lot of people in the comments of the photo. So if you're, guys, what you're seeing when you see this is you're not even seeing a dog. You're seeing cleavage right i mean the dog a is also cleavage. like it's probably weighs Small 11 pounds right. yeah, it's, it's a, tiny, a tiny little dog yep. 
So in the comments are a lot of guys who uh, are commenting about her appearance. Very intelligent comments like I'd eat that pumpkin kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yes. My pumpkins are in your shirt, says one comment. <laughs> well, that actually is a, the British term for for boobs, you know, is pumpkins. Is it really? Would love That's, to taste the pumpkin hold on, pie. Hold on, Alice, okay. Mm-hmm. I want to teach you something about the 90s. Okay. I'll listen. That's why the band Smashing Pumpkins is called Smashing Pumpkins. Is it really? In other words, she's got Smashing Pumpkins. That means a great... Oh, I yes. didn't even know that. I thought it go. was literally about, like, no, smashing breaking pumpkins. pumpkins. Right. No. See? Oh. I taught you something. There you go. There you go. Um, so... Yeah, I would eat the cream in you, says one <laughs> comment. Very um, subtle. Would love to taste the pumpkin pie. Here you go. Guys are really like like moths to, to a light bulb. Really? You can't like try to find something a few layers layers down? <laughs> not, yeah. Jesus. We're not, they're not bringing their best. No. But, um, so she's retweeting all these guys and saying... Dude, it's a picture of my dog. Excuse yeah. me, this is just a picture of my dog. Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? So, which, yeah, which is obviously is not. It's if you're a guy, it's a picture of breasts and a, a hot girl. She could be holding my cousin Ned's severed head with her right arm. I would still only notice the stuff. Well, right, and so this uh, like woke guy retweeted her and said, "Said it before, and I'll say it again. It's disgusting and evil the harassment that Emily Sears and other women have to deal with on a daily basis. Her posting a pic of her with her dog is treated like some kind of invitation for vile sexual comments. Disgusting oh. and evil. Oh, I need that. It was an invitation for disgusting and evil comments. Anson, I need that phone. Come here, please. People, it was treated like an invitation for vile sexual comments, honey. That's how they treated it. It's terrible. She just posted an innocent picture of her with her dog. It's completely impossible to... Well, if you're a guy... Thank you. I'll give it back to you, okay? I just... I forgot I need something, okay? I'll give it back. Give it back. He's holding me hostage. Any guy who says that, obviously, is either in denial or insane. (laughs) I mean, or just lying. Right. It's just lying. Because we all know, like, we can look at the picture, and I'm not saying, like, I obviously think that the people who comment things like would love to taste the pumpkin pie you're just morons like why would you comment that to somebody on the internet like you think she's gonna notice you and be like yeah like it's you're an idiot and right, you're gross but but it's, it's very standard dumb guy stuff on the internet well, right but and not to say like anybody like deserves anything but it's not harassment when you put out a picture of yourself looking sexy on the internet and people comment on it. That's not harassment. Of course. And 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 complimentary things. Dumb, idiotic complimentary mm-hmm. things. But, you know, she's putting out this clearly professionally done sexy photo. It just didn't, like, happen to be sexy randomly. No. This took, like, a team of makeup artists and hairstylists and photographers Have and assistants. It? And I didn't tweet it, but I will now. Um, and I just... I, I... It seems so, like... For her to then retweet it and be like, it's just a picture of my dog. Like, it's... It's not. It's... The dog is uh, stage right. It, the picture is of her form looking straight at you and her looking directly at you. She has to be holding a dog like somebody to hold her purse, but they, that is not. I mean, for him to say <clears throat> to say that is even ridiculous. It's disgusting and evil. What? It's not. 
evil. First of all, she knows. What- it is disgusting for you to say like. I would love to-, to taste that pumpkin pie. It's, it's gross. It's not. It's it's more disappointing than gross. <laughs> it's certainly obviously guttural, whatever. But the fact that you can't stop your libido long enough <laughs> to form something creative in your mind if you're going to go down that road, like pumpkin, pumpkin jerk. Uh, and so. Uh, so and then so she replied to the boat guy and said, thanks, Nick. Pretty gross, right? So then this brings us to Nick Cho. So Nick Cho is, I don't know, He's he says, hey, I'm your Korean dad, uh, all my links. I don't know, but he's a blue check mark. He's got 72,000 followers. I think that- he's some kind of self-styled comedian. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll get to what passes Great. for comedy on the left later. but Which brings us to his comment on race. Mm-hmm. So... He wrote on race, this is what actually brought me to his page originally, he wrote, Dear white people, keep any talk of Asians out of your damn mouths if you think you're going to try and use us as any kind of wedge against our black and brown friends and neighbors. This will not be tolerated and you will be shut the F down. I need a few minutes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, where to start with that? Okay, the first of all, this, he starts with, dear white people, keep any talk about Asians, whatever. I mean, everybody gets to, I get my moment, you know, <laughs> dunking and making a proclamation here. And the fact that that he's, it just, the show race obsessed, you know, before mm-hmm. you use your identity, white people already privileged, already have two strikes against you, all of you, you know, because <laughs> a race, just sucky. For you do that to try to protect my race a little bit better than yours to approve you know, to uh, to use to triangulate against another race, which is better. Than, it's like some. It's just a gross person's thing to say, which is fine. He's an idiot. That's fine. Which brings me to the Winchester, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Winchester, Mass residents page on Facebook. Right. Where last night, uh, I feel like we've been so many of these. We've had so many of these things recently on Facebook pages. I mean. Wasn't it just yelled at in the Winchester pit? Or was that some that was something else? What was that over? Oh no, that was Melrose. That was last that was no, that was here. Um where we are. Mm-hmm. We talked about last week with the Indian stuff. Right. So anyway, Winchester Mass residence page. I'm from Winchester Mass. I'm I look into the page sometimes. Somebody reported a uh, um woman with three names, not shockingly. Um says um, her name is, uh, we'll say Maggie Chung Stanton. Okay. Okay. So let's, we'll say those are her names. She said, she posted, my son encountered a racial situation today playing against the sixth grade boys Winchester soccer team. Please advise who the best person to contact within the Winchester youth soccer organization to address this. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. Uh... Somebody said responds, it's Winchester. Finding someone who will still care about will care about and act on any racial situation is going to be hard. Best of luck. Um and there more more of those things happen. Um somebody says a racial situation depends on what the situation was. Somebody goes after that person who says, Oh, so the person she should contact determine if it's <laughs> worth being concerned about is you. So anyway, it's a thousand people. Thousand people, and she's this woman is obviously she's um, created a Facebook page for local AAPI folks to come together. It's Asian. What is it? 
Asian, Islanders. Asian American and Pacific Islander. You can also add an NH for Native Hawaiian in the middle of that right. if you want. So, so, so she has con- she commented that that, there, that a racial situation for sixth grade boys happened while her kids playing soccer. Somebody else responded, "I'm so sorry that happened." Uh, guy says the town manager's office will have the organization's contact info. I would start there. Um, a woman named Marcy says, I'm really sorry this happened with such disappointing frequency in Winchester. We really need to have a discussion with her. So then, you know, these people all pile on about how terrible it is, how racist there is, and how things like more race crime, this, that. Eventually, they get to the idea of sachems being there. and Because, uh, mm-hmm. so, of course, they do. Of course. Of course. They got rid of the sachems name for what. And, so, and how terrible it is. So then, at last night, at some point, the because some people said, what are you talking about? Tell us what it is or, or whatever. And she became defensive. And so they cut off the commenting. It was cut off. Right. <clears throat> so then today, somebody who wanted to get on the action with also three names says, I would like to know why the post by Maggie Chung Stanton, who inquired about a racial incident pertaining to her child and where to seek help in the Winchester resident page is no longer allowed to post comments. Isn't this a page that is inclusive of all residents looking for guidance? Patrick replies, no, no, it's not. So they've had another crime on top of this one. Yeah. Just the fact that the thread got closed is also a crime against Asian Americans. Right. Um, And then somebody said, named Tony says, my guess is the comments were turned off because instead of directly responding to Maggie, some residents started arguing that kids today are wimps, need to stop being so sensitive, and that some things said in competition quote, uh, and out of frustration, aren't necessarily racist, so kids should learn to ignore those comments. Not at all helpful. To which somebody says, Elle says, exactly. Um, and uh, Wasn't somebody the- else says, mm-hmm. my guess, reading through the post, is that it was shut down because of a long list of ridiculous white nonsense. I was glad to see that it was... Now that's a uh, woman named Laura with a uh, Latinx-sounding last name. So. White nonsense, again. So, so I re- responded to that. Um, if you say things like ridiculous white nonsense, you're a racist. It's gross. The Klan would be pleased. Somebody responded to me with some, like, uh, whatever dude kind of thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But how is it possible that you could think of yourself as a good person saying, yeah, it's ridiculous white nonsense? We... The, the white people, I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, it's just black stuff again. Just more black nonsense. Well, they would say that it doesn't cut both ways because you're an oppressor. So you, it's not possible to be racist because racism is the whole system of oppression. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> the the governing body in that town is run by progressives who hate whites. But... The oppression is still in the air because there are people like you out there who have not cleansed your souls of the evils of all the colonialism and everything. And so that is still, even though you're not in the town or anything, you're out there and that's in your heart. You haven't, you know, confessed your sins. And yeah, but they're cleansed. also talking about anybody in the town. <clears throat> right. So, but that's, you know, causing the oppression to happen, even though they right. run everything and have stamped out all the oppression they can actually find. So is this a good thing or a bad thing that they're actually saying what they mean? That white sucks. 
I mean, I think it's a good thing because I think more people will see through it. You know, I mean, I think it's interesting because a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk like in Christian circles about how, you know, Christians can't say what they believe anymore Mm -hmm. in public. And, and, you know, teachers have been fired for not using student pronouns correctly or whatever. Um, But, you know, I think that there is a case to be made that, you know, that schools are in the business of trying to make white kids feel bad for being white and for actively oppressing white kids purely because they're white. I mean, and, and I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think that a lot of the school districts around here that are very, very progressive are absolutely getting close. So, I, I mean, it's interesting. But yeah, imagine like people saying stuff like white nonsense and white this and white that, like being in an environment where they're in charge of like the public schools where like a lot of white kids go. And okay, they're so okay this, with that. So this and this. Mm-hmm. This is a reply to me saying, if you say things like ridiculous white nonsense, you are a racist. It's gross. Clan would be pleased. Martha replies to me. Now, she is another white woman uh, with a Black Lives Matter um, uh, avatar. Right. Her thing says, studies master's in school counseling in a college. Great. She says... If we could all stop living in a fairy tale land where racism doesn't exist, why fight over who is racist? If we all grew up in America, we all have racism ingrained in us. It's when we choose to ignore those parts instead of confronting and combating those thoughts is why racism continues. See, isn't that what I just told you they would argue? <clears throat> yes. Yes. She says. You have thoughts deep in your soul that are causing the racism. She says, I hope the situation gets addressed. No human, especially a child, should have to deal with situations like that. Educate and communicate. No need for the negativity. Mine is negative because somebody else was casting judgment on an entire race of people. And I Mm -hmm. said, putting a value on a race of people and in making the determination that that value is lesser than is racism, which it is. Right. It's the pure version. It's the actual version of racism. For that, I am being negative. It's mm-hmm. a really negative, dark, downer thing. To call me racist. To, to No, no. To, to, to take umbrage with racism. Don't do that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's... It's sick. This psycho it teaches people for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, people like that These are who people... wants to run the schools and teach, oh, yes. quote, honest history and everything and, else. And she's got her Black Lives Matter avatar, whatever, et cetera, and a nice smile in there song. Mm-hmm. She's a dangerous effing person. These people are bigots. Good old-fashioned clan-like bigots. Right. It's, it's remarkable, which brings me to this viral video of this woman, this girl, I should say. She's probably in her early 20s or so yelling at neighbors about how racist they are because they're not down with the black lives matter stuff this lady told me sorry this lady told me to told me to leave because she thinks it's okay to be racist she says it's america and it's okay to be racist property all right sorry 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 you're right on the sidewalk get off my property i can say and do what i want i believe in the flag oh okay good to know seven two seven seven six columbus apparently all my neighbors are racist so there you go so she's doxing her 
Mm-hmm. That's where she lives, everybody. That's where she lives. These are these same people. They see it everywhere. They're obsessed. It's everywhere. You see that? You're, why aren't you calling it out like I'm calling it out? And if you're not calling it out adequately, you get doxxed. Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black li- she just, the woman just said, you're not black. <laughs> to which, listen to this. This is how this person, who is like these Winchester people, responds to that. I- Okay. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem in that bucolic place and bucolic places like Winchester, Massachusetts. You have run out of problems if you're living in Winchester, Massachusetts. This white Karen two seven seven six Columbus protects only white lives matter. Saying black lives. She moves on to somebody else. Matter. I'm saying that other lives don't matter. Because I think this topic is really interesting, actually. This whole, like, sort of, like, Asian versus black racism in America, right? Um, and how, like, anti-Asian sentiment has sort of been, like, lumped in with anti-black sentiment as the same thing. When really they're, like, completely different phenomena, right? And in particular, you're seeing it, like, so when... You know, Nick Cho, your Korean dad, talks about, you know, keep Asians out of your mouth if you're going to try and use us as a wedge against black people. Well, you know, nobody's using anybody as a wedge, but it sure is an interesting uh, case study when you talk about, like, exam schools or you talk about, like, the Harvard admissions Mm -hmm. issues and Mm -hmm. stuff. And a lot of the activists who are really upset about getting rid of exam schools and, like, these merit-based schools, particularly in urban areas, um, a lot of them are, you know, Asian parents who are concerned about that. And a lot of them are working-class Asian parents, too, by the way. So it's not necessarily, like, that white people are creating some wedge. It's that, you know, in a lot of cases, if you're going to have equity, quote unquote, you're going to hurt working class Asian families when you're talking about like a a scarce resource like admission into an exam school, right? Because what they found actually is even for like elite college admissions, what they found is if you like eliminate SAT scores as a thing, um, that you end up with like more privileged kids going to the schools because it's much easier to game the system with like an essay that your parents can hire you a bunch of tutors to help you write your college essay <laughs> versus the SATs where if you get into the room alone and you can't answer the questions, you can't get that SAT score that's going to get you into that school, right? So it actually like hurts in particular the socioeconomic diversity when you get rid of those sort of like merit-based measures Mm -hmm. and exam schools are having this problem they're very much under attack in a lot of cities um and i don't know so this was another like brouhaha that was on twitter this week is there have you heard of jay caspian king no 
He writes at New York Times Opinion and at New York Times Magazine, but uh, he has a book out called The Loneliest Americans. He's Asian American, and he uh, gets attacked by these sort of like Asian American studies types, and they've been tweeting about him angrily all weekend because um, he sort of like rejects this critical race theory thing about, and I don't really know exactly what his politics are. I don't know that much about him, but it's, you know, he's not like pro-white supremacy. He's writing about, you know, the Asian American immigrant experience and what it was like. And, you know, in the description of its books, it talks about, you know, the the casualties of the Los Angeles riots, the impoverished parents in New York City who believe that admission to the exam schools is the only way out, the men's rights activists on Reddit ranting about intermarriage, and the handful of protesters who show up at Black Lives Matter rallies holding yellow peril supports black power signs. Yank Kang's exquisitely crafted book brings these lonely parallel climbers together amid a wave of anti-Asian violence. So he's, I mean, he's talking about issues that they're talking about, but he's not talking about them from their framework, right? From this, like, whatever it is, this, like, critical race framework. He's talking about, you know, the Im- immigrant experiences of, a- of impoverished Asian Americans. And um, so basically, a bunch of these sort of, like, racial studies professors wrote a bunch of angry things about him over the weekend about how he's so typical and he just doesn't (laughs) understand and he hasn't done the work etc etc but and you know like how dare he speak for Asian Americans when he doesn't know anything about it and it's just white people are propping him up because he reinforces their belief systems on like the meritocracy and stuff but you know I mean, I think it's interesting because I do think that the sort of the critical race theory lens breaks down a bit when we talk about Asian Americans. And I know that part of that is because the history of this country has like largely been centered on talking about, you know, racism against black people and slavery. And that's been like such a big part of our national history that, you know, the sort of newer interaction with Asian American immigrants is has been, you know, a change. But, you know, I. I think it's interesting because it really does like hurt the the cause of the critical race theory people. And and they really obviously don't like that, which is why it makes people like Nick Cho so angry are these people who are yelling at Jay Caspi and King this week, you know, that he dares to have a book out that doesn't follow their prescriptions for what needs to change in America. Well, right. Yeah, I consider I compare it to I mean there are pragmatic things that can be done right now <clears throat> to help black people in this country mm-hmm. um one uh, i think is highly encourage and these this these are things that should be happening highly encourage businesses to enter the neighborhood right. jeff bezos wants to save the world shake him down right now the problem is that when he then goes into neighborhoods the on a local level these local municipal governments are going to try to out shake him down each other and if he gets any kind of tax break or whatever they're going to disincentivize it and ruin it before he mm-hmm. even gets there but also like AOC kicking Amazon like, exactly. out of New York and also I think that you can you can have you should, there should be police swarmed in Chicago mm-hmm. every other f- step there should be a cop in Chicago right. there absolutely should be there should be policing the thing the Chicago certain neighborhoods where there's shootings every night and every weekend these need to have a surge mentality I mean, well, it, right. if Winchester, Massachusetts had four kids shot 
the place would have Klieg lights over every inch of the city. There would be patrols. There would It would never be. Well, those activists would say that the reason why four kids didn't get shot in Winchester is because they haven't been over-policed. Right. <laughs> so they think that the over-policing in Chicago well, and the militarization of the... Well, no, but I think it's relevant because, you know, when we talk about, like, the AOCs and Cori Bushes of the world and stuff, that... I mean, like, that's why we need to talk about not just, like, what they're saying in their, like, theoretical activism world, but what their actual, like, policy prescriptions are to solve the problems of black Americans. Because they can sit here and tell us all day long that, like, black lives matter, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, what what are their actual policies? What are they actually trying to do? And how does it actually help black people? Not to mention, like, Asian people and all the other groups who feel left out of these things and, you know, get told by them, like, you're just not showing good solidarity or you're being a wedge driven in by white supremacists Mm -hmm. you know that you know i don't care if they want to sit around in their college dorm rooms and say like oh well white supremacy killed all the kids in chicago like i mean because that doesn't (laughs) they can think it's whatever they want but when their policy prescriptions are get rid of all the police officers and they're going to get a bunch more black kids killed and a bunch Mm -hmm. more you know black and other minority-owned businesses destroyed and a bunch of impoverished kids can't get into exam schools because they're they've tossed all the entrance exams in the name of equity and everything else like I mean, that's when it starts to actually matter because their policy prescriptions are insane. They're yeah. they're just nuts and backwards and like absolutely the wrong approach to everything. Right, and you know, obviously, broken households are a huge thing as well. Mm-hmm. But you've started. You know, I used to blame it purely on the uh, Great Society, but apparently there was a lot of that stuff disincentivizing uh, marriages as well, even in the fifties during urban renewal. Um. <clears throat> Where a lot of these units, et cetera, were for single mothers. Mm-hmm. And so dads hid. Right. You know, were, were hiding away. But, um, and that's something, but that's now that's a cultural problem too. And a lot of that, I think, is a spiritual problem too. And that's hitting whites and blacks. Um, mm-hmm. More and more women be, having kids out of wedlock. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there's something to the idea that, you know, because of slavery and because of all these things, black families were more vulnerable to start with, which mm-hmm. is why you saw a lot of this stuff hit black households first. And rightfully so, uh, black activists do talk about the fact that, you know, when when there was a drug epidemic in black communities, people like Joe Biden wanted to throw everybody in jail. And when there was a drug epidemic in white communities, it was like, oh, sympathy, like mm-hmm. drug epidemic, you know. But, you know, I think that 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 should be like a moment of truth for a lot of people saying like, okay, the black community was really like used by the United States as the canary in the coal mine. Right. And, and a lot of these problems showed up in the black community first and now they're hitting the white community too. And I I do think that people should go back and say like, okay, like a lot of these are problems that were caused by crazy government incentives and stupid things and the drug wars and all this stuff. And like, and we need to go back and look at this Mm -hmm. stuff and say like, what problems did government cause here that it didn't need to? You know, and how did no. it hurt black people? And and that, like, I don't know if that's critical race theory, but like, uh, but I think that there are real, like, real policy lessons we can learn from that if we want to. Right. In <clears throat> in this country, as with every country, um, there is, uh, there always, there's racism in every country. There has oh, yeah. been situations where people don't want to integrate uh, neighborhoods, don't want, to, they don't want this kind of person living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's no doubt. And this is it's something. This is not new. 
you know, redlining, not having, um, not having, um, you know, uh, property ownership. And that's a huge thing. You can almost, uh, a house can be a, almost a bank machine if you've got a piece of property, you know, right. and all these things, et cetera, et cetera. But, but to spend your entire time looking around to create a, a judgment on how we got here, you know, rather right. than give people an opportunity to get the hell out to make things better. Mm-hmm. To me, it's ridiculous. And this is why, you know, and these people in Winchester, one of the richest towns in the, in this state, in the world, actually, right. you know, s- sitting around with nothing better to show how great a person they are on, uh, you know, I- on Facebook and by taking stuff away and by inventing ra- race crimes and whatever everywhere. By the way, if, if somebody, in, in my feeling is, if somebody said something on the playground, if one kid used another kid's race against him or any other attribute, then that's not anything the authorities have to be involved in. If some kid mm-hmm. said, you stink at this because you're Irish or you stink at this because you're um, Jewish, you stink at this or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily we need to bring the uh, the heat uh, on people. Well, to be fair, she just wanted to like reach out to the soccer program people. Yeah, but she didn't tell anybody what happened she said a racial event happened so she didn't put it out there to be adjudicated which is interesting um okay so so we gotta bolt to part two now yep, we, we got a lot to, to get to, to we so. have to head to patreon we, yeah we haven't even talked about pete buddha judge's paternity leave yet he is on a um a tour of sunday shows as we speak right now ah <laughs> <sighs> But uh, yeah, you can join us. We're going to do another segment of the show over for Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash burn barrel if you want to head over there. Uh, thank you so much to all those subscribers. You can also always talk to us for free on Twitter where we are at burn barrel pod. We're at facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast and burn barrel podcast.com. You can email us burn barrel podcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel. You can comment or subscribe there on Rumble, on Parlor, on Gab, all the places. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.